What's up everyone, welcome to the North East Jits podcast. Today on the show, as always, Ooh. Professor Mike. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Blue steel. Yeah, yeah beautiful. And we've got Nicky Simpson, who's, um, you remember here for quite a while now. Since the beginning, yeah. Since the beginning. Um, blue belt, champion, multiple fields champion. <laughs> yeah, blue belt on the podium of the English Open this year. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. Um, that Talk to Nikki today and find out her story, which is really cool. I heard like a little bit of it in the in the podcast that'll never get released. <laughs> the uh, the oh, podcast. Yeah, I heard about this. The uh, Drunk Hotel Room podcast. But well, you've been saying for a long time you want to get Nikki on the podcast because you've got. I don't know anything yeah. about you, Nick. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. Yes. Should we just start off really easy? Like uh, you're from Leeds, aren't you? I am from Leeds. Yeah. How did you find growing up in Leeds, and how did you first get into doing martial arts and fitness and that kind of thing? Growing up in Leeds, um, very different to growing up today and very different to how my lad will grow up. Um, I lived at, in Errols, near Chapel Town. It was kind of a dog-eat-dog world, but I enjoyed it. Um, probably added to my personality and my character, made me who I am today. I just hung out on the streets. That's what we did, rode bikes. Kids don't do that now, do they? No, no so it's missing completely. Played rugby, played football, played cricket, Kirby, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Kirby, what a game. Vineyard climbing. Vineyard climbing, what's that? What's that? <laughs> that sounds a bit rough. <laughs> Sitting back to back streets, you know, back to back houses. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, Nathan had never heard of a back to back house. It's like half a house. They have like vineyards in between, there might be four houses and a vineyard. Right. So we used to like climb them. <laughs> climb over them. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> climb from street to street, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Happy upbringing. Definitely happy, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. um, so you were pretty sporty from early on, though, sounds well, like. My dad would always... Um, I think sports come part of my life because my dad was into rugby and he trained, so it was, it was a norm to see my dad go out with a yeah. training bag and then I got to an age where I used to follow him. She used to stand outside at pitch. He used to go when he um, played on a Sunday or, you know, whatever he was playing, I'd, I'd always be there. So it was normal to see somebody go and training. Um, to see somebody being active, so it's always been a normal, it's just part of my day, it's like training, doing some kind of activity. Yeah. So, um, and what, what did you want to be growing up? Were you a good kid? Were you getting into trouble? Or how was it? My mum might listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't bad, I was mischievous like everybody else was, and um, I was no saying, you know, we played out, so there was nobody watching us. We, we what, got what, stuff kinds of tricks. what stuff were you doing? Well, a few of them vineyards might have been like, there might have been some mini fires and stuff like oh, that. Right, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know, you're knocking on people's doors, running away, head chopping, all that kind of I regret that now, you know, business. when I look back, some of the stuff I used to do. We tormented kids, people. Tormented people yeah. and it was yeah. awful, man. Yeah, we did. Knocking on all people's doors and running off yeah. and, and you see them coming out and you, I look back now and I think, that's awful. Yeah. Mm. I so regret it. Well, Particularly we, one couple, I remember one couple, that, and I can still see them now, yeah. and I think, what are you doing? Kids, don't do that. Yeah. You kind of knew we were going to give you the best chase, but then when you think about those people now, those people probably had difficulties. Yeah. But the chase, you know, we had an old man and we used to call him Disguiser because 
He'd chase you and he'd give up, but then later on you'd be walking down the street and there'd be a crooked old man with his stick. The next minute he'd be, oh, and he'd throw a stick. Oh, the skies is out, yeah, and then it's out again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it was well, tormenting people. And, and uh, did you know what you wanted to be when you were growing up? Did you already kind of think no, of the fire really, service? No, not really, no. I didn't really have a clue. And schools weren't like they are now, like, they give you the questionnaire to fill in and... They didn't really guide you into anything. No. So at first I stayed on at school, but that didn't last long. Um, and then I left school and I went to work in, I went into a care home. Uh, I worked there about seven years. I ended up in management and then I left there and I went to work with young people in residential care. And I really enjoyed that. But again, I ended up in management and it, it kind of ruined it for me because it took that it took the job away. Yeah. I dealt more with staff than I did with young people. And um, and then one day, I kind of... I had always had it back in my mind that I'd love to be a firefighter. But when I were at school, that wasn't something that girls were going to do, you know. You want... That kind of stuff yeah. wasn't pushed. Um, and I went into the job centre and I just asked about it and pinged off an email and waited. And then I got an email back one day saying we're recruiting and then process that. And I didn't tell anybody. I just kept going through these stages and then all of a sudden I thought, oh, this looks like it might be happening. And this residential home I was at for young people, they wanted me to manage it. So I thought, I'm gonna have to tell them. Mm. So I told them and then I started telling other people and then... And when was this, Nick? So how long have you been a fire? So this now? is 12 years ago. Right, okay. Yeah, right. so then I kind of, I left the work, I left the job I was doing because I, I knew I'd got in, but it was just a waiting game to when your course started. Um, and I worked on an agency, saved loads, loads of money up. And I went off to Thailand and stayed there and waited for um, my course there to come through. So I was in Thailand about three months. Right. And I, I came back and... So yeah, had you already started Thai boxing at this time? Yeah. Yeah, when I would have been Thai boxing when I was working with young people. Um, so they used to follow me around as well, just <laughs> watching and stuff. So what was your first introduction to like combat sports then? Combat sports? I did a bit of judo when I was a kid. Oh, really? No, yeah, yeah. So I did gymnastics. My mum was always happy for gymnastics. And then um, a lad once said to me, oh, I found this kickboxing club. My mum was like, nowhere. Like, I was pretty rough and ready anyway on the streets. I would always... I'd fight, you know, like, most days. So she was like, no, no, you're bad enough. We're not having that. And then he said, well, what about this judo thing? You don't kick on punching that. So my mum went for that. So I did a bit of that. We were at St James' Hospital and then the club shut down and that was it because there wasn't much of that about. Mm. So my next combat sport then was, when I in my 20s, I would have been in my 20s and I walked past the Market District Boxing Club at the bottom end of Leeds City Centre and happened to go in. I don't know why, I just went in and there were girls in there. Oh, I'll get, yeah, yeah, girls are allowed in now. When I was a kid, I used to follow my brothers to a boxing gym and I wasn't even allowed to go in. I used to sit outside and wait for them. Really? So Girls well. could not even go in. You couldn't enter it. Um, do you remember Rocky's nightclub in Harold's? There was no. a boxing gym in the basement there. <clears throat> and uh, I used to sit outside and wait. And they used to come out and they used to say, show me, show me what you've learned. <laughs> no, no, they used to laugh at me. Like, I'd fought them all anyway, you know, <laughs> but like, then I used to want to box. So I'd kind of jump up and down and they were like, just laughing and taking Mickey. But yeah, you couldn't even go in. So when I got into this, Boxing gym, it was like best thing in the world. Like, so you've got some older brothers then? 
I've got one older and one younger, but we're all pretty close together. We're all so that, that might must have been a, a, an influence in you then. You've seen them going boxing, yeah. you've seen your dad playing rugby. Yeah, just Barry like McGuigan, we used to watch Barry McGuigan on telly, and yeah, like sure. I used to be really excited afterwards, and my dad used to let us all scrap. And, um, so judo was your first yeah. kind of intro to yeah. martial arts, I suppose. Yeah. How did that develop then? What, what was next? So, like I say, that, that club the shut boxing. down. So the, the boxing came after that, and that's a lot of years after. Because, like I say, it just wasn't something that promoted for women. So when did when did the street fighting stops? <laughs> when the boxing Probably when I left school. <laughs> <laughs> Probably when I left school. But I remember like there were times when even I bet I was in my early twenties when I went out chasing people for me <laughs> for my younger brother and sticking up for him. You know. Wow. Yeah. Chasing people yeah. across a field and trying to scrap with them. <laughs> and how old were you when you found the boxing? I must have been, I'm going to say about 21. Okay, must so you're about 21. Point, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and when I first found it, you, you couldn't, you couldn't have a match. Mm. Like it was the women had literally just been allowed into gyms and they weren't allowed into all gyms, but market district let people in. Um, and then it was around the time. Can you remember when Jane Couch wanted a professional license? And there was a big, like, we're always impressed. It was like right. a massive thing. It was around that time. Um, and at the same time, they were fighting for women to be able to box amateur. Yes, I remember that, yeah. So eventually, they allowed women to box amateur. And I will have been one at first in country because I remember Good Morning Britain being on. There were two girls on there and they were, they were claiming to be first. But I'd already had at least one bout by then and it might have even been two. But oh. you couldn't talk about it. Right. You couldn't speak about it. You know, it was like... Yeah, don't, don't tell anyone about it, but you got about and blah, blah, blah. So I had four boxing bouts in the end. Um, one of those, I think it would be my third one I had in Leeds. Nicola Adams actually had her first. Oh, wow. But hers were like, um, she was a little, little bit of weight difference, so a bit like an exhibition bout. Mm. So I've got a paper cutting somewhere where I'm kind of main starving. Nicola Adams has got about that much. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. And how did you get on with those boxing matches? You win? You one, lose? Yeah, yeah. One. One. Three of them by points and one stoppage. Oh, Don't wow. fit with the first round. So early signs have kind of been decent at, in combat. Then obviously you, you, you yeah. sharpened your tools on the street and you were just putting yeah. practice now. So, so where to go from there? You uh, did you did tie boxing come next? Did crossfit come next? What what, what what's the next time. step? Rugby. Rugby. Rugby league. Yeah. Oh. Rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> so the boxing. I think that were all in one season. Um, and then after that, I always wanted to play rugby because my brothers played rugby. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll, you know, there's some women's teams popping up now, I'll go play that. So I played rugby league. Um, I played, uh, where did I go first? Hunslet. I had a women's team, went to Hunslet yeah, and ended up at Milford. Um, yeah, so rugby. Right. So you're tearing people up on More the combat. as well, yeah. <laughs> From one to another. Yeah. 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 It's all centered around combat. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And how long did you stick there at the rugby for? Oh, I can't remember. A, a good while with rugby, though, because rugby and tie boxing I did at the same time as well. Okay. At one point, I was doing them both. Um, and I, I played for Great Britain Rugby League, so wow. that lasted a bit longer. I went to Australia. Wow, fantastic. And I went to New Zealand with them. Um, and there was some crossover with tie boxing there, and then eventually I kind of just went off with tie boxing. I think women's clubs might have started folding around then. And ended up going to a different club, and it was. I think I, I went to Bradford, and they won every game. Mm. Like it was just, 
a little boring. Yeah. So then I kind of fell out of it then. Mm. Like, you said that quite a matter of fact, but you represent your country, so that's an amazing achievement, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Proud of yeah. that? I'm really proud of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's one of my like most memorable moments is standing and listening to the national anthem before I played. Wow. It's quite emotional, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So you decided you'd uh, take off with the Thai boxing. How yeah. did how did you get into Thai boxing in the first place and where were you training? So the Thai boxing, I was at Milford Rugby Club and they um they started a session there. I can't remember if it was a men's session or if it were mixed, I can't remember. But a guy started a session there and he was from Golden Team. He was called Simon and he were, he played rugby at that club. So he started uh, doing, I don't know, one or two nights a week. And then it evolved from there, I went down to the gym. And, um, yeah, I don't know how long it was before I fought. I don't think it was long. What was it that, like, um, I think really had you interested in these, like, combat sports that, that really got you? Like... Jean-Claude Van Damme. Is it? <laughs> laugh when he hears that. I said, every time you're drunk, you tell me that you love Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> 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 so I say, like, when I was a kid watching Baron McGuigan, I always remember watching him. Yeah. And then... Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. I thought they were ace. I even loved his shorts. I loved everything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and I always thought, oh, I'd love to do that. So when I got saw Thai boxing, it was probably the first time I was like, this is it. This is yeah. what I always wanted to do, you know. So it, it was like, yeah. And you took that really far as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I went, I just had regular bouts. You could, you know, it's like jiu-jitsu. You could have them all the time. Um, and then I went to World Championships in Thailand, Bangkok. I went three consecutive years. I won bronze one year, silver next year, and gold year after that. Wow, wow um, that's amazing. And then I found like gyms in Thailand, went on an holiday once with some mates and we stayed in a gym. And I, as soon as I got on a plane, I'm like, I need to go back. <laughs> and so that's how I started going, <clears throat> I just started going on holiday on my own and it'd be two weeks, then a month, and then like I say, evolved to three months. But I just loved it in those gyms. Yeah. What was, like home. Yeah. When you did the World Champion, was that in Lumpini Stadium, was it? No, oh, girls have... I think girls can only just get in Lumpini ring now. No, yeah. Like, sometime in the last 12 months. Girls couldn't right. touch was Lumpini it, ring. Uh, the, was it Rush Diamonds? Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. same as well. It's like Lumpini, yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, it was like, they'd be held in, like, a university or something, okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool, though, like... Thai boxing in, in Thailand, it's like it's like religion and football combined. Yes, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like if you yeah. put those together, that's what it's over there. So yeah. the atmosphere in there must have been Yeah, insane there's a lot of gambling that. on it as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they're, well, they're not allowed to gamble, basically, unless it's on... Yeah, on they, yeah, they, they, they gamble boxing. on yeah. Thai boxing, they yeah. gamble on birds, gamble yeah. on birds tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> gamble on fish. And <laughs> <laughs> were you the only non-Thai fighter there, or were there a few people came from... No, Texas? so the gym that I really liked and it became my second home was Simba, Simba Gym and it was in Phuket. So when we first went there, I went with um, two other friends. It, it wasn't a built-up area, it was like on the back of a, what seemed to us like a jungle. And when we pulled up, it was like, where the hell are we? Like this minibus pulled us up and we got into the room and there were big spiders and it, it was just like, yeah, we felt like we were in the middle of nowhere. And now it's kind of built up, but um, I can't remember what question was. Well, what I'm interested in is you talked about it feeling like a second home. So, oh, yeah. what what, what oh, was it about it? Like, what what about uh, that? What was it about that club, that environment, that culture that really kind of like, resonated with you? I went for like that extended three month period, and I think it was just that it was quite a new gym. All coaches were new; they'd all like come from Bangkok, 
And then the group, remember I've got a, a friend now and he's in Canada called Lenny. And um, we just made a, a really good bond with people that were there. We just, and everyone trained so hard. Everyone trained so hard and they kind of just understood like the script. You train hard, your name goes on a whiteboard when you've got a fight. You get in back of a pickup truck, ride around these mountains. You get thrown in rain, no matter what happens, you just get back out, back in pickup. It was just like this life that was just so simple. Mm. It, like there was nothing complicated yeah. about it. Yeah, it's very much like kind of when you're in training because you've all got the shared goal. Like you all yeah. want to be like good at, yeah. good at the tire box or good at fighting. And, and then you, you're all training hard together and then you're all like, usually because you usually just be spending the night sort of, you know, after training, you'll just be eating together and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah. It's the people then, really, that. Yeah, the people, yeah. The people yeah. made it that time. And, yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm in touch with a few of them now. And there's even one of the instructors, one of the coaches that were there. He's over in England now as well, you know. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, so I see him now and then. But it was just a really good time. And uh, yeah, I'd like to go back again. In fact, Nave's been there as well with us since. Oh, wow, fantastic. Yeah. I used to stay like on in the gym. There were just like rooms round the ring. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Was it quite rough and ready then? Or yeah, and the first time I stayed there, like on my own without my friends, I went back on my own. I stayed with two Korean guys <laughs> <laughs> in a room with like no aircon, just you know, cold water trickling out of a shower kind of thing. But and the cultures were so different with them. Like they'd sleep on floor because mm. it was cool. They'd like come in and be stepping over them. You know, and, um, but like I say, everybody just doing the same thing, so it didn't matter where you were from or what else you were doing, because you, like, you were just getting up to train, you got up, you ran, you all staggered out of door together, ran, come back, trained, had breakfast, slept, went mm. back out for a run, trained. It's a slightly less intense version here, isn't it? But it's a similar thing to what we always talk about. It's the community that makes this place. Yeah. The facilities are one thing, but it's the people. Yeah. It's the shared adversity. It's going through that together yeah. and winning and losing and going and competing, part of the comp team. That's what builds really strong bonds. And that's what mm. people remember, I think, when they reflect back on GBRL, like you're talking yeah. now. It's about the people that you shared it with, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then when does CrossFit start to come into your life? So when fire service, so um, I kind of, when I joined fire service and I came back, the, the training course and that took over and I never really got to train um, Thai boxing. And then again, when, I, when I'd finished that and went back to Thai boxing, clubs had disbanded and stuff like that, so yeah. it all changed again. And then I met, um, I went to World Firefighter Games when we were on our training course, they were just like, oh, there's this going on, you should go. And I'm like, yeah, why not? Um, I met Sam Briggs, have you, you heard of Sam Briggs? Yeah, 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 definitely. So I met Sam Briggs and she was going to World Firefighter Games as well, so we kind of roomed together. And she was like, oh, I'm doing this thing for, called CrossFit, I'm just back from games. And I went, well, I've kind of retired, but I'll come and do it, I'll come and train. And anyway, <laughs> that's how that all started, I'd retired. Um, and how old were you at this point? So I will have, being 31. Right, okay. Um, so I went, Sam took me to CrossFit Leeds. That hadn't yet opened, but it was mm. opening. Uh, and I used to go to Manchester with her and started training there. And then, yeah, that, I ended up fitter than I've ever been. I thought I'd retired and I got <laughs> like even fitter. And then I realised, oh, no, you don't have to retire. And again, I think talk of retirement might have come from like my dad's era and being around yeah. my dad in sport and people were always retiring or mm. they'd go play Sunday league, you know. Yeah. So I'd got to like 31 and tie boxing had kind of disappeared and I'm like, oh, I've, I've retired. And I was like, oh, 
No, I don't need to be sorry. I can keep going. In fact, you can get even better. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, so, yeah, so I went off with Sam and I think, I don't know what year that was, but first year I was there, I went to, you know, regionals. Yep. I went, like, as a team because I, I didn't really know all movements and stuff. And then, I don't know, four or five years after that, I went to regionals as an individual. Um, That's a great achievement in itself, isn't it? Yeah, Getting to that yeah. standard. Yeah, yeah, but again, it you were just training with people, you were having fun. Yeah, it was easy because you didn't. You just had to turn up, and then yeah, other people just motivated you if you were lacking, you know. Yeah. But it's so easy when you're training with a group. Just like you. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing, right? That's what we talk about all the time. Yeah. Like I could never go to a gym and push myself like you can with a group of people. No. So I save that now for when I'm at work, and if I want to do something. CrossFit style, it's really nasty. I just do it on days when I've got people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I drag them in with me. So, but like you say, it's just training with others. It's that's another team at work, and it's um, then it just bonds you. Know? And it must have been good training with Sam because she obviously is a oh, world level athlete. You know. Sure, a beast <clears throat> in good terms. Like, she just she never switched off. Right. She did. She like she could just keep going. I remember everyone's phoning me and I said, "No, Sam, I'm not coming down. I'm tired. I'm done. No, no, just come. We'll just do some gymnastics. Anyone can do gymnastics." So I said, "Okay then." So I get down there. And do you know the workout, Fran? Yeah, yeah. I just went to do it three times. That was gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it twice, and I'm like, "That I'm done. I'm done." She's famous for her cardio in China. Really, oh. like, she wins CrossFit Games like events, right? Like right. unreal. Yeah, I think on that. Run where they did, they did a run, didn't they? Ran, ran on one at game. Yeah. I think she beat all guys on that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, insane levels of fitness, eh? But a good mentality as well. She's got, she's got a really good mind. Mm. Strong. And then, when was it that you kind of heard about jiu-jitsu and started to think about doing that? So, f I think it came from Nath at, at Harrogate at first. Yeah. I'm trying to think if Nath... For those who don't know, so I, I, I served with Nath in the Marines, um, 4-5 Commando, and I, I'm pretty sure he did a bit of Jiu-Jitsu with us then. I think he could have done. And then he boxed for the... We, we went out to Ireland, and we used to train on pads and stuff like that, and it's one of my only things I wish I'd have done. I put my chit in to leave, um, to go to go do other things. He was still in, and he boxed for 4-5 in the core championships, I think. And I wish I'd have done that, because we were training together with a guy called George Grade, and it was quite good fun. So I seem to remember Nif might have trained us at that point, Jiu-Jitsu for the first time in like yeah. early 2000s. But then he must have picked it back up at Harrogate. Well, I think it was through you actually. Yeah, it I think been, that's yeah. when I first heard of, of you. Yeah, well, I was coaching at Harrogate. Harrogate. I think at the point when Lewis took over, 2017-ish, just got my black belt. Yeah. And me and Nif were still in touch. I, I can't remember exactly if I said you should come down or he said, are you still doing it or what? And then... Yeah. So he turned up first and then brought you along, or? I think I went with him, like, yeah. you won't go to something like that, I'm not taking it. <laughs> 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 like, no, Brilliant. I'll come with you. And yeah. then it was just like, it was just too far. We just had Ryan, you know, it was like mm. that, travelling backwards and forwards. And then you opened here. Yeah. And I don't, Nath must have heard this, that as well. And um, we both came here then. Like, oh yeah, it's a lot closer. Mm. Oh. We're back on it. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Ryan there, trained with us in, uh, well, he just turned, turned five, right, didn't he? Just turned five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, trained with us so far in the tiny champs, I guess going to the little champs. Um, was it important for you to get Ryan in? Because he does tie boxing as well, right? Was it important for you to get him into combat sports and stuff like that? 
Yeah, I think so. And I think part of that comes because I feel like I missed out. Mm. So I feel like I always knew that I wanted to do some kind of combat. But obviously that opportunity wasn't always there, more because of my sex. But I'm kind of like, if he's going to want to do that, I want him to do it as early as possible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's more come from not wanting to miss out. So he goes to gymnastics as well. Lovely yeah. kid, by the way, isn't he? Yeah. A really lovely kid. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant yeah. to you both. So, yeah, yeah. It's, and it, do you know what? Even if you don't want to do it, it's important that he can protect himself. Yeah. So, so are you of the mind where he's got to do it for at least a certain amount of time? or? What's... I would want to be confident that he could protect himself mm. amongst his peers, you know. Um, yeah. If he really objected to it, but at the minute he's not old enough to ob object to <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny you should say that because some parents... Kids go through phases, don't they? I've oh, got yeah. two myself. Yeah. And of course, they'd much rather be sat eating sweets, watching TV most of the time. Um, even if you give them great influences. <clears throat> I think there's that saying that we spoke about before, like parents quit, kids don't. Like kids will object. Yes, yeah. But a parent's got a responsibility, I believe, to mm. really usher them forward and say, no, 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 yeah. we've committed to this. Let's, give yeah. it, let's keep it going. Because um, there's, there's real value in, in children sticking at tasks yeah. and learning that. Um, and obviously, they've got, he's got a great influence in yourself and Nath. He sees you training like you saw your dad. Um, and he'll want to be that active person. But it's important that you, you, we keep him moving along, right? Yeah, I definitely think, same that, you know, the commitment's got to come from the adults at such a young age. And I've said to Ryan, like, I said, you, when you get older, you might choose something like football. But I tell him, you can't become a couch potato. I won't tell you what I tell him a couch potato is. <laughs> <laughs> I say... I've showed him pictures of a couch potato and an athlete. I said, which one do you want to be? And he's like, oh, yeah, that one. Well, you've always got to do something then because otherwise yeah. you'll be that one. Yeah, yeah, well, it's true. Um, it's true. It's just something for him to understand at an early age that physical activity is important. Mm. You know, it's, um, yeah. Not only that, there's a confidence that comes with it. He's a confident kid. You know, he'll yeah. come on the mat, he'll answer questions. You know, he's, he's self-assured, isn't he? Yeah. And, and that's really important as well yeah. for children, isn't it? Because we're going to expose them to school next. You want them to walk into the classroom and feel confident enough yeah. to be able to deal with situations. So it, it goes beyond protecting yourself and fitness. I think it's the whole... I think you can get it with any sport, can't you? But I think, like, with kids as well, when I think of my childhood and... Decisions are made when I played out and things I got into and what I had to work out. They don't have that now. So yeah. only other way you can give them that is through sports. Right. Because that's where they'll have decisions. They'll have to take a risk. They'll have to get back up when they've been knocked back down, you know. So right, yeah. So you can't have the childhood I had because it's not safe. But you can get those same experiences through one sport or another. Totally. Oh, well, it, yeah, and to that point, that's such a great point. I think... It needs to be individual sports, then, doesn't it? You know, because team yeah. sports, you can hide behind other people. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're exposed, aren't you, in Thai boxing or gymnastics yeah. or jiu-jitsu because it's down to you. Yeah. You know, so... I think that's the great thing about, um, particularly jiu-jitsu, um, but also, I think, to other combat sports to an extent, is um, that you do go out and compete individually, so you get all those kind of individual kind of sport traits that are great. But then you you need the team to be able to do that. So you get all those kind of leadership skills and and those kind of qualities you'd usually develop if you were doing you know football or rugby and those kind of more team centered sports. You get like the best of both worlds, I think. Where you uh, you know you're developing both sides of that individual and being able to communicate well and like be a team player, all aspects of that. 
Mm. Yeah, it's like you, you've got to. I always say to Ryan, like, you can do things wrong because it don't matter. That's how you're going to learn. Like, yeah. if everything you did were right, then you wouldn't learn anything. So just try it because it don't matter if it's wrong. And it does, you know, it will, it yeah. will do something and fall along. Oh, let's just do it again then. Even when he falls and hurts himself in park when he's tried to look crazy, I'm like, it's all right, we can do it, I'll just help you. Yeah, brilliant. But I always try to get him to do something again or try again. And I just, I, I see a lot of people now, like younger people, and I know they use that word snowflakes, but they are, you know, and it's because they've been pandered to and they've yeah. never been allowed. They've been protected too much. So I try to protect him, but let him have a risk as well and let him fail. Yeah, he's very lucky to have his parent. What's it like to uh, train with your your other half? What's it like to, to, to do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Who's better? Who's better? You know. But you're a blue belt, right? So that's a good point. Yeah. When we did when we first did those um, online sessions, oh, we'd get into so many fights. You know, we did up in the corner, yeah, wasn't it? Like giving each other a ride. No, but. Um, I, I'm always the one who has to say, oh no, because we're just going to smash like through a wall or something. And, yeah. But they've just switched out with it. I think he'd go straight through a wall, you know. So I, <laughs> I always end up being one who's like, no, no, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> and you met at CrossFit? We did meet at CrossFit, yeah. He's yeah. a fit lad, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, we're, um, CrossFit, did we? we trained and then I think we ended up on that out. In fact, I went to Thailand the day after. Right. I think we... We kind of trained together, then got together on a night out. I heard about this between. night. There was a fight that night as well. Didn't that how you guys, <laughs> you guys were scrapping yeah. that night? That's, that's, how, that's how they came together. Yeah, yeah. I think Triple T or Soaps told us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, I think because you know, it was like a CrossFit kind of. I think event, these most nights, yeah. if I have a drink, it's generally. Right, I've got to watch out. Someone, yeah. 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 Well, I think. Because I remember Nath getting into CrossFit, so me and him were still mates after the Marines with a guy called Timmy, who's down at uh, Hereford at the SAS now. And we'd been, I remember we'd been to Timmy's place in Leicester, I don't know why, just on a night out, I think. I remember taking Nath on a guest pass to David Lloyd, who's was a member there. This might have been before you met him, I don't know, summertime. I bet it will have been. And then he got into CrossFit, he says, oh, check this out, I've done 100 push-ups yeah. in a row. And then he kind of like got, super hench and started training like crazy and you must have met just after that yeah it must have it, it won't long after they started because i don't even know if nath knows this but rosie one of the girl one of the coaches at crossfit leeds she said to me oh there's a guy that started and you'll like him i remember <laughs> saying that and then um destined then i spotted him a town i thought oh, yeah, yeah and then uh and then, i don't know we'd, we'd trained a bit and like i say all happened on a night out and then the next morning he said he's coming for breakfast i said nah <laughs> Until I'm over. And day after I went to Thailand. Oh, Thailand and then Australia. I went off for two months anyway. Right, right. And that so that was like Alabinic Fire Service a while. And I had in my head, I just wanted to go back and have another fight. I'd not done anything for ages. And the guy at work said to me, just go. Just like take unpaid leave and go. So that's what I did. So I booked that as an holiday. I thought I'll just go back to camp and have a have a one fight and put a lid on it. And then Sam Briggs said, oh, it's a competition in Australia, can you come there? So I kind of had to cram everything in there. Wow. Um, and he's struggling at the minute, Nath. He's got an injury, hasn't he? He has, yeah. It's quite serious. He's, he's got some condition in his neck that must be affecting a nerve and it's switching like the signal off to his muscles in his tricep and chest. 
which is not best pleased about, as you can imagine. Mm. But he's not in pain, so he's, he's, he's happy he's not in pain and he's adapting and he's training whatever he can train, you know, he's keeping on top of stuff, but he's kind of saying that he's just, it's not enough just training anymore. Like the jiu-jitsu or the crossfit kind of gives you a bit of a competition and yeah. he's missing that that aspect of it. So um, he's well, hoping to come yeah. back, I think he's a bit crazy, but... I think he needs to be careful. I mean, if yeah. he's listening, he needs to make sure he's safe coming back. But we've we made a commitment this week to Nath because obviously, and I hope this has been relayed through Sarah. But yes, it has. Yeah. yeah. So you know, we have rules around freezers, as you guys know. But sometimes personal things go a bit further, and you know, I've known Nath for a long time. He served our country alongside me, so he's basically got a membership here for as long as he needs to to come back. So that's really good. Cool. Yeah, he said that I'd helped him uh, like kind of. Relax a bit about it. So I think he felt a bit pressured into, ah, oh, what what do I do? He knew yeah. he couldn't come back yet. He see his consultant next Friday, but yeah, definitely felt more at ease about Good. that. I'm pleased about that. So we talk about Rio real quick. Yeah. So you always got you've got the Rio T-shirt on, firefighter T-shirt, which is brilliant. So you're a sponsored Rio athlete, which is brilliant. Yeah. And we were able to help you put that in place this year. So for those who aren't aware, we have five or six members out of the 385 or six we've got who have their training covered by Reorg, the charity, which is amazing. We're really proud of that. And those are, those are members who either currently serve or have served our country. What's that feel like to be supported and have your training paid for completely? feels quite an honour, really. And I, I, I do feel like I need to give back, though. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, um, I am honoured about it. And I feel like it's made me a bit more aware of Actually, I need to be engaging with people and looking out for those people who are a bit, a bit down or just having a bit of a rough patch and kind of putting an arm around them and try to bring them into something. I noticed on Real Post that they've extended it to like gyms and CrossFit and, yeah. that, and that kind of stuff. So I have been like speaking about it at work and kind of try to highlight it a bit more in West Yorkshire Fire Service. Oh, thank you. Um, and I'm going to do more of that. Um, yeah, yeah, they've branched so. out to a number of different things. There's the Who Dares yeah. Gyms, gym down in Bournemouth, and the the part of the, I think the I'm not sure if I can say this. I'm going to say it. So they're the the official charity for the Arnold event this year, really, right. which is huge. So yeah, I think they're really broadening out. And, and Sam, who started real, we've had him here for a seminar, right? He's done an amazing thing there. I was at a charity event to kickstart their 2022 through the month, and. Um, it's really lovely to hear how they're helping so many people. They've helped over 200 people this year, like yourself. Keep them in training, support them. And yeah, and I think if you anything you can do to broaden out and really help someone else is... Uh, yeah, so I, even like, like even if someone doesn't need the money or need support financially, just the message of it, look, let's look after each other. Right. Let's put our arms around each other and protect each other. Watch out for each other, you know. We've got each other's backs and that's how we need to be in life. You know, so it's a good 100%. message to kind of delivering to other people and just saying look yeah don't kind of ridicule people when they're down but bring them in let's totally well I'm, I'm really proud that you're you're one of our um ambassadors and um i'm really proud to have you as a student i think you yes your achievements speak for themselves um and i think you are a real without probably realizing that you're a real role model for a lot of women who with your competitive mm-hmm. side um you can match any guy in this gym and uh, that that is something to be proud of, Nikki. Um, so thank you for everything that you do for GBRL. Thanks for being part of what we do, man. Thank you, guys, too. Yeah, I love having uh, you, Nate, and, and um, Ryan and Nikki. I mean, they're great, great people. Cool.
Awesome. Well, um, should we finish with uh, a seminar announcement? Shall we do that? Well, I said last week we were. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> well, at that charity event, um, most of you've probably figured it out, but at that charity event for Rio last week, week before last, uh, Mr. Braulio Steamer was there and he's um, very generously agreed to come and uh, put a seminar on for us on the 11th of March, Friday night, six o'clock, for two hours. Um, he's giving up his family time to do that. He's busy that weekend, but he's going to come over. And he's doing it um, and giving up his time for free, which for someone of his status within jiu-jitsu uh, is a phenomenal uh, uh, piece of generosity on his part. And so we will charge for that, but he wants all the proceeds to go to the Atlantic Grappler campaign, which is amazing. He's obviously a massive reorg advocate and one of their kind of head BJJ um, athletes as well. So put it in your diary, Friday the 11th of March, Coach T is going to send out a form soon. We're going to have 70 places, which is loads of people on the mat. It's going to be 50 quid each. And I'm hopeful, if you're watching, Professor Victor, Victor might be there as well, which would, and that's not confirmed, but I'm sure if he can make it, he will. And that will be an amazing experience because to get both Esteemer brothers on the mat doesn't happen often. And so we'd be very, very proud to, to host that. So that's a huge event and all proceeds are going to go to the Atlantic Grappler. So awesome. Saving children's lives for the uh, Litos Pulcher and stuff like that. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this, Nick. Thank you. Really inspirational. Um, great. Great story up there. I'm looking forward to seeing how you do this year in competitions and all the years to come. Yep. Thanks so much. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Thanks, Professor. See you guys later. <laughs>